Welcome to the BG Cast, a podcast seeking to bring the battleground community and schools together. My name is David, and I'll be your host for this podcast. Each episode, Denny Waters, the Battleground Public Schools District Superintendent, will be joining me as we talk about the many things that make this such a great school district. Our goal is to bring the voice of the schools to the community and the voice of the community to the schools. We'll hear stories from students and staff and shine a spotlight on the various aspects of the district and community. In this episode, we're talking with teacher Graceland Crum and Director of Instructional Leadership Mike Michaud about some new steps our district is taking to teach pre-K kids in our community. Our spotlight is on Kara Martin to talk about some of what she does as early childhood special education teacher at Prairie. And as usual, we get started with a game called Short Stories. All right, our game for this week is called Short Stories. So what we've done is condensed the plot lines of popular movies to just five words. So the first person to correctly identify that movie wins wins that round, and we're not keeping score. So it's really important. Oh, I'm keeping score. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> just so you know. All right. All right, so you ready? Ready. I think so. All right. So here's the first one. This girl's feelings lost it. Frozen. No, no. That's good guess. Good guess. This girl's feelings lost it. Mm-hmm. No clue. No clue. <laughs> Inside Out. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. okay. Not seen that movie. No. It's a good one. Uh-huh. That's one of my favorites. All right. Steel Man against Dark Knight. Uh, Superman, Batman, something along those lines. Yeah. 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 Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice. All right. I'll just say it. That's a one-to-one? For keeping score? Yeah, you you won that one. (laughs) Okay. So no one else has any yet. So so you're ahead. We should put it up on the board. Um, Here's one. Long time ago in space. Star Wars. Yeah. 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 Don't know which one. Probably the first one. <laughs> My guess would have been Pigs in Space, but that wasn't a huge fan of the Star Wars movie. So I don't know Pigs in Space. <laughs> no, you don't know. No, it's it's not a it's not an actual movie, but on the Muppet Show. Oh, okay. That was one of the little segments they would do a lot of the a lot right. of the time. Pigs right. in Space. Yeah. Yeah. Not have to look for that. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, shrunk down, tiny superhero. Ant Man. Yes. Oh, well done. One to one. I'm coming after you. Okay. That was one to one to one. It's all ones. All ones. We're all evened up. All right. Hero group versus modified twins. Wow. Modified twins threw me off. Mm -hmm. Hero group. No, no clue. Yeah, nothing, nothing here. Mm-hmm. Nothing, nothing. I feel like I'll know once you say it. Avengers Age of Ultron. Oh, I don't know. I know oh. Avengers. I don't know the other. Why is that modified twins? There's there there are twins that have superpowers that they've 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 acquired somehow through Russian something or other. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> yeah. Been, yeah. Yeah. You're yeah. a big Avengers fan. Oh yeah, we like the, we like Marvel in our in our household. Yeah. So. All right. Here's one. I. I I like this one. Trapped on a red planet. Mission to Mars. Mar- it's the Mars one with um, J- the Jason Bourne guy. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, the Martian with Matt the Martian, Damon. Right? Matt Damon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah see, yeah. Yeah. I get half a point. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well done. <laughs> That's one of my favorites. I love that one. That's one I've watched a lot of times. All right, unlikely princess lost her shoe. Cinderella. Yeah, good one. All right, why you shouldn't go hiking. <laughs> why you shouldn't go hiking. So obviously. A hike that's gone bad. No, there's one. Oh, yeah, the one where he cuts his arm yeah. off. I think it was right. like 134 hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Good guess, not the right one. That would be why you shouldn't go hiking alone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, not coming up with anything. Everest. Oh, okay. That's a little more than a hike. <laughs> yeah, it's a summit. Oh, you say climbing, it really right. gives it away, right? So. I'm going on a hike. What are you doing? I'm climbing Mount Everest. Right, yeah. Come on. It's just a long hike. I'm calling foul. <laughs> we need a foul yeah. horn or something. Okay, uh, let's see here. Time traveling mutants save themselves. Teenage. Ninja Turtles? No. No. That was what I thought when I when I read the word. Time movies. traveling mutants. Mm-hmm. Time it, what's traveling. the what's the one with like Groot the is that one am I on the right track with Groot? Well, that's, that's Guardians. Yeah. yeah. Guardians yeah. Of the no, Galaxy. that's not where we're going no, here. No. It's the it's a different franchise. Time travel. Time travel. No, don't know. Mm, I don't know. It's not my wheel. Yeah. X Men Days of Future Past. Oh yeah. I've not seen that one. So yeah, that's a stretch. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen that one? Yeah, I've seen it, but okay. you know, that's a yeah, yeah. Then we're going with the big, the big movies. You know, the blockbusters. Mm-hmm. You're, well, all right, you're here's pulling a, out all the stops. <laughs> here's our last one. She won twice. Now, propaganda. She won twice. Now, propaganda. Nope. No clue. Yeah, I'm not coming up with anything either. Hunger Games. Mockingjay. Oh, my daughter. That yeah. is her favorite series. <laughs> She's going to be so disappointed <laughs> when she listens. How could you not know? I know, yeah. I'm going to hear about that? it. I have. Yeah. Multiple times. Yeah, so she's going to be really mad. Yeah. Right? She's going to make you watch it again. Yeah. All of the, Get it in your head. Right. Yeah. yeah, now it makes sense. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. Yeah, good. All right, our spotlight this week is with Kara on the preschool. So, Kara, how are you doing today? I'm great. How are you? Good. Well, can you uh, introduce yourself? Uh, tell us a little bit about what you do. Um, I'm Kara Martin, and I'm the early childhood special education teacher at Prairie Preschool, which is located in Prairie High School. Um, we have a program that has three separate programs in one. Um, during our Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday um, sessions. Um, part of it's a high school program. It's a career technical education um, program, Prairie Preschool. High school students are taking um, a class in child development. And um, the other piece of it is a community preschool joined with a, or with a special education program as well. So we run three separate sets of students wow. in one class and um, two wow. sessions a day. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. So how long have you been doing that? Um, let's see. I've been there for 13 years. Wow. Yeah. So, so, so you must like it or it sounds like. Yeah. It's yeah. a great program. Yeah. It's a, you know, it's about community. 
Um, we have a lot of, um, so I stu my original, my students that I started with um, have a lot of them come back to Prairie, um, have graduated, they're in their 20s. Hmm. Um, so it's kind of full circle. We yeah. have high school students that bring their kids to come to preschool and community preschool. Um, we um, have a lot of high school students from Prairie that took the class that are, um, that are teachers, our teachers and administrators, even in our district and neighboring districts. So it's a um, great program. Hmm. What, what drew you into working with preschool age kids? Um, I just, I've always liked children. I am, when I first got out of school, I worked with adults with disabilities and just saw the impact I could make um, by working with their families um, um, at the very beginning. So mm -hmm. I've just always enjoyed um, working with three to five year olds. It's sometimes a puzzle and, <laughs> um, you know, teaching them how to take turns and right, communicate with right. each other. And um, I find it challenging, but really a good challenge. Each day is different and get to move around a lot. Mm -hmm. I'm not sitting at a desk all yeah. day. So that's what I really enjoy. Yeah, that's great. It's, it's a fun age. I remember, you know, when our kids were that age, you just lots of, lots of exploration, lots of uh, investigation, lots of learning things for the first time. It's a real, it's a real fun, fun time to observe and be a part of. Yeah. And I think that's why the high school students, they get to um, be a part of that three days a week as a, as a learning lab. And so I think they get a chance to see how it is to be later, be a parent, right. but as well as the professions that we do have um, after high school. Mm -hmm. um, be a teacher, a special ed teacher, working in a daycare, um, be an occupational therapist, speech mm -hmm. language pathologist, or um, a physical therapist. So yeah. we have um, a lot of different professionals that go in and out of our classroom. Wow. So high school um, students get a chance to see um, those different occupations that they could go into. Yeah, yeah, that's great. So it sounds like you have a lot of alumni or former former people working there, or is that? Yeah, I, we currently have a high school student that was one of my high school students years ago. She's one of um, the paraprofessionals in our classroom. Um, I've met um, different teachers throughout the district that, that they went to Prairie Preschool as high school students. So hmm. um, just the impact it's made on them to want to become a teacher. Yeah. So how long has it been around? I know it's been there. You know, for a it's while. the mid '90s. Um, it started out, um, the teacher named Rhonda Peterson started um, really wanting to have, she was a special education teacher and really wanted inclusion for her preschool students mm. um, and got together with Terry Walsh and um, she was a career, she was a, at the time was family and consumer science teacher, but they um, talked about how they wanted to have a child development class. I think they had one, but they didn't really have a lab. Um, and then they built um, in the new building at Prairie at that time, the two-story building, mm -hmm. um, and they um, built built part of this bottom bottom part of the building with the preschool in mind and so it was developed and all the blueprints went in to make it a preschool and combined a big space so they could mm. have high school students community preschool students and the special ed students mm. all in one um, location yeah, so that's great yeah. and so what's something you're you're noticing now is there anything different about the kids younger kids that than maybe it used to be before the pandemic or things have things changed at all um, i think just kids a socialization piece i think um that that's been hard. I think the kids that were slowly now we're coming back. Kids are been in preschools or having play groups. But I think that was something that's been hard. Learning to share, learning how you know that we were because when we were first come, came back after um, we were able to come back to school, we had to social social distance. So mm -hmm. then you're now teaching kids that they only play with their toys. Right. They're not sharing anymore. Right. So that's probably one of the things that I think mm -hmm. we're really working on. Um, that is something that is was missing. Yeah. Yeah, because it wasn't okay. It yeah. was it was against the rules probably, yeah. and now yeah. it's, it's it's the opposite, right? Yeah, yeah, that's that's interesting. 
Well, uh, what what else is exciting you about about your role right now? What's something that's that's really fun and enjoyable? Um, I just think that, you know, just the kids' excitement to come to school now that we are able to come back to school um, and we're running just as we were running um, prior to COVID. Um, exciting thing for me to do see now is I just see the full circle. I, I am going to see one of my preschool students graduate um, this year that, from high school. Hmm. Um, interesting story about him is that I had him from th- when he was three to five and um, he came back as a freshman um, four years ago and I didn't I knew the first name of the student, but I saw it, watched him on the playground, running around with the kids and playing and really re- interacting. But he had high energy, and I looked at, looked, at him a little, looked at him a little bit more closely, and I thought, "Oh, I know you." <laughs> and I asked him, "You know, is this your?" your you know, I knew his first name. I asked him his last name, and he looked at me kind of shocked, like, "Oh boy, am I in trouble?" <laughs> and I said, "Oh, I said, do you, did you know you were in, you were one of my students hmm. when you were three to five? And he's like, "Yeah, my mom told me." And I was like, "You just have as much energy as you did when you were a three to five year old." <laughs> and he's the same, you know. And so mm-hmm. he really um spend, it's just it really nice to, to see kids that come around full circle and also just to see um what an impact we do make you know as a community mm-hmm. um uh, in this you know just just it's just nice to see kids come back I, I know i'll see him again i see other students come back i see children all kinds of you know all different children ages in the community that yeah. i see just we have a lot of students going in and out of there and this impact that hurry can make mm-hmm. um, on all those students yeah so if, if parents want to get involved with the preschool or, or check it out, what, what do they do? Um, they go to the website, the Prairie um, High School website. We have a Prairie Preschool area or the Early Childhood um, area on our website at Battleground Public Schools. And you can click on that um, and you can get our phone numbers and call us. And yeah, we have right now we're starting an enrollment for next year for okay. the community preschool. And if they have a child that they feel like has maybe some some delays in you know any area, if their communication doesn't seem to be um, quite at the same level with other children that they're around, they can contact special services, um, and we can get them connected to what's called a child uh, screening for children and um, help them out there if there's something that um, that the child might need. So okay. we can. Great. Well, thank you so much for your time, and thanks for being here today. Great, thank and you. Thanks for what you're doing out there. We really appreciate it. Thank you very much for having me. All right, so we're we're talking about something. A little bit different than um, almost all the other ones we've talked about, so it should be new and insightful, interesting conversation. Yeah, I'm excited about yeah. this one. So it's transitional transitional kindergarten, is that right? I'm Correct. I'm saying the right phrase. All right. So welcome to the podcast. Would you mind introducing yourselves? Tell us what you do and a little bit about who you are. Yeah, sure. Uh, Mike Mashad. I'm the Director of Instructional Leadership uh, for the primary schools in Battleground. And I also serve as the early learning uh, coordinator as part okay. of that assignment. Okay. I'm Gracelyn Crum, and I teach transitional kindergarten at Tukes Valley Primary. Okay. Well, uh, let's get into it. Let's talk about what is transitional kindergarten. That's a that's kind of a new term. So yeah, it is a new term, and it's new. It's new for us. This is our first year that we've done it, and it's it's new in the state. 
and Battleground is one of uh, uh, several districts, not all districts. So we're really proud of that, that we took the initiative and moved forward. But mm. basically what it's doing is we all know the importance of, of, of early learning. And it's another stage for kids to get them ready for school and get them ready for learning. So, and certainly, you know, these guys can talk about it more in depth than right, I can. Right. But yeah, yeah, very proud of it. Yeah, I think the only thing I would add to that is... Um, it's a, a kindergarten program uh, for four-year-olds, you know, for families that um, previously um, haven't had an affordable option um, available to them. Um, hmm. We have some statistics that we can get into at some point, if you'd like, um, that kind of helped us to guide that decision um, in adding transitional kindergarten this year. Yeah, let's jump into it. I like statistics. How many, just uh, how many programs do we have? Yeah, so we have four transitional kindergarten programs currently. Uh, we have one at Daybreak Primary School, mm -hmm. one at Tukes Valley Primary School, uh, one at Glenwood, and one at Yakult, uh, currently serving uh, 76 uh, four-year-olds wow. that um, before this year would have been home or in uh, a different you know, preschool or daycare mm -hmm. setting. So we're really excited about it. Yeah. And is the plan to expand that as over time or... Yeah, the hope, um, the end goal would be that we had a transitional kindergarten in all of our primary schools. Um, right now, a space is a limitations at, at one of our schools, but we're looking at adding two or three um, in the upcoming school year. So then, um, you know, all of our um, families in the community that need affordable, you know, preschool opportunities um, have options yeah. available to yeah. them. So we're excited yeah. about The, the that. potential for growth is huge. So, yeah. you know. So let's talk about some statistics, why it's important. What the, what does the data tell us? Yeah. So um, when we started down this path of transitional kindergarten, we started looking at uh, local childcare and daycare, you know, availability. And um, one of the stats that I'll just kind of read here for you, which was um, a driving force in this decision was, you know, according to the Department of Ch Children, Youth and Families, only 11% of the childcare needs in Battleground were being met. You know, um, and, you know, you could name a, a litany of different reasons um, for that, but affordability um, and accessibility was, was high on that list. Mm. Yeah. Um, you know, and, um, you, you know, the growing number of students that we have um, that are identified as homeless, too, we, uh, we currently have 97 um, and growing number of students that are identified as homeless and wanting um, a place for those four-year-olds to be able to go during the day um, too, yeah. which was another driving force yeah. in this conversation. Yeah. Yeah. So, so let's talk a little bit about what it looks like. Gracelyn, what does your, what does your day look like in, in a TK class? Well, it's structured a lot. As Mike said, it is like a kindergarten program for four-year-olds. And so we structure it a lot like kindergarten in the way that our day is set up. We have a lot of opportunity for, um, developing early literacy skills and whole group learning, working on their like more executive functioning skills and reinforcing their learning in centers. They go to recess, they go to specialists, which is the same. So they're having access to early learning and music and art and PE. Um, and then we have a lot of playtime. So a large chunk of our afternoon is spent play, giving them different opportunities to practice those social emotional skills with their peers hmm. yeah and it's adorable yeah <laughs> just so you know yeah. i mean That's, you go to a if you want if you want to be happy 
Uh, you want to you want to shift your day mm -hmm. around. You go and visit an ITK class because you think kindergartners mm -hmm. are cute, right? I mean, and they are, right? But then you go to the ITK class and you're just like, okay, right. yeah. this is great. Yep. Yeah. I'm convinced the cutest and sweetest people in Battleground are in my classroom. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's really interesting because we've we've learned over the course since we went to all day kindergarten. Um, that only about 50 or 55% given the year of those kindergarten kids are actually ready for kindergarten. And so having, you know, 76 students or, you know, our transitional kindergarten will help pr to prepare these kids to be more successful um, as five and six year olds as they enter into the school system. So what are the expectations to be ready for kindergarten? What are you looking for? Yeah, you can talk about that one. Well, they're really depends on who you ask. There are no standards or expectations for where kids come in when they go to kindergarten. They just need to be five by the end of August. Um, but what we're looking at is getting kids ready when we're they're transitioning to a standards-based curriculum and reporting system. In kindergarten, we want them to have those early learning skills. So we're focusing a lot on getting them ready for reading. So that would be a lot of alphabet knowledge, a lot of phonological awareness, just understanding the structure of words and sentences um, and understanding print. Um, and those skills are what is going to get them ready, along with the social emotional following routines, being able to interact with peers in a positive way. Um, because if our kids are not at preschool before they come to kindergarten, a lot of them don't have a lot of experience outside of their family and things are dealt with a lot different at school mm -hmm. than they are at home. And so we're giving them um, the opportunity to grow in those ways. Yeah. You know, I think certainly the last couple of years um, have limited, you know, some of our three and four year olds ability to kind of interact with peers and to learn some of those social behaviors. Um, you know, many of them have been home, mm -hmm. you know, or secluded to just their family. Right. Um, either they're, you know, their close family or their, you know, external family network, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. And so, you know, having them in school where they can start, you know, learning how to engage and play with one another and do some problem solving is an important part of this process as right. well. Right. You know, there's statistics that show, you know, you're almost talking about, you know, the importance of literacy and in, in, in reading and the, the, those, those pre-reading skills. Um, but there's statistics that show that, you know, if a, if a student hasn't learned to read, by the third grade, their chances of success in school and in life then are significantly diminished. Mm -hmm. So this is just one way to prepare kids uh, for that. You know, we have this we have this window uh, that's open, and so the more instruction, the more support we can provide to kids, and if that means getting them into school earlier the better it will be. And, mm -hmm. you know, to Mike's point, you know, we're talking about 76 kids who are getting a jump on learning. Um, and, you know, we're excited about what the outcomes can be because of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's probably underrated, but, you know, just being able to read is, is such an important part of yeah. our, our modern, yeah. modern world. And the thought of, struggling at that i mean even even if it's just for nothing nothing important you know everything we do is online right i mean almost everything everything you need to pay your bills if you want to if you want to be able to uh order 
order food something you know you have to be able to read right <laughs> read some of the things and so the thought of not being able to do that would be really limiting let alone just being being able to learn and have a desire to learn which i think is another thing you're trying to do is just create a hunger for learning right yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and they love that that's the thing that i enjoy about it is they just love it they're like sponges you know they just soak it up mm-hmm. and it's 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 really really cool yeah now, do you see a lot of light bulbs coming on when you're talking about? Content? Oh, yeah. Yes, of course. Um, one of my favorite things that happens is I'm teaching them something in the classroom and, you know, I'm checking in, making sure they're engaged. But then when I see them taking that learning outside of our designated teaching time into like recess or playtime or they're doing art at, um, in the art area in my classroom and they're using those like literacy skills that they're learning that's one of the coolest things because it is i'm able to see what they're learning but also it is really cool to see that they want to learn learning about reading and learning how to read gives people independence and confidence and that's what they're getting they're four or five years old but having just little things they are able to do on their own can change a kid leaps and bounds so that's really cool yeah Mike, it looks like you've got some some talking points there. You got something you want to bring up, and we'll talk about it. I think um, an important part of this conversation is, um, you know, transitional kindergarten isn't the only early learning opportunity that we provide to our community. You know, we have great partnerships with EOCF and the ESD One Twelve. Um, EOCF. Do you know what that stands for? Oh, yeah, sorry. It's the Educational <laughs> Opportunities for Children and Families. Okay. Yeah, so um, some of our community partners um, that offer, um, you know, in two of our schools. So we have an EOCF preschool at Yakult Primary School and then one at Maple Grove. Okay. Um, and so those preschool pro- programs, what they offer that's different than ITK is um, it's more of a half-day type program. Um, sometimes three or four days a week rather than um, five days a week. Okay. And those programs offer support to the families um, outside of the educational uh, system, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're excited about those, continuing with those partnerships. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have uh, preschool programs at Battleground High School and at Prairie High School right. that are a combination of um, career and technical education um, experiences for our high school kids. Um, that also serves students in special education as three and four year olds. Um, you know, we have a community based preschool, a community education preschool out at Captain Strong Primary School. So, um, in total, I would argue that um, with the additional of um, our ITK classrooms, we serve close to 300 three and four year olds now in our community, mm-hmm. um, which is light years greater than it was even two or three years ago. Right. So, we're, right. yeah. uh, we're excited to watch these kids now that they're they're getting a different opportunity to see how that changes their trajectory as they enter into the school system. Yeah, you're going to do like a competition between the, the EOCF and the TK kids. And the, I don't know if we'll get to that. Oh, like, like Hunger Games, preschoolers or something. Yeah. yeah. But I think, you know, going back to, to why we started is um, we, we only had about 89 um, spots in those community partnership preschools before we added the ITK, the Transitional Kindergarten Program. Mm-hmm. But we knew that when we started, there was 228 kids that had that need. 
And so that there was a, you know, a shortage of close to 150 kids that just didn't have access to affordable, you know, preschool. And so with, you know, Denny's blessing, we started down this path and um, I think have made really great strides and have been very responsive to our greater community. So I'm excited about that. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, you won't find the ITK program in a lot of districts. They just, they they aren't ready. Mm-hmm. And it is, it is a challenge, you know, to, to, to Mike's point earlier, you know, facilities have been huge for us. You know, one of the reasons we'd, we'd like to be able to provide more ITK opportunities. We have a waiting list right now of parents who are interested in getting into it, but mm-hmm. you know, that means you have to have another classroom. Right. And if you don't have another classroom, you, you can't do it. So that's been a limiting factor for us, mm-hmm. um, you know, but, but we're working on that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I imagine with, you know, with inflation, especially, but even before that, there were a lot of, you know, two parent working homes or, you know, single parent homes and the, you know, the parent has to work. Uh, and, and then you've got childcare that you've got to figure out having somewhere where they can go and do more than just be, be cared for, but actually learn. That's probably a big benefit for a lot of families in the, in the community would be my guess. Yeah. 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 I think so. Yeah. So, um, let me flip over my my page here. So you've got you've got some expectations that, that you have of students knowing certain things by kindergarten. Um, uh, if a, if we have parents that that aren't able to get their kids into TK, what do they do? How do they how do they handle that so that their kids are ready? Um, so how are we educating our parents um, for those that are choosing to keep their kids home mm-hmm. prior to kindergarten? Yeah. Um, really great, great question. And it's probably a space that we need to step into in a, a greater capacity than we currently do. Um, I think the biggest thing is, um, you know, exposure to language, you know, making sure that our, our parents, you know, are talking with our kids um, just about their day-to-day activities. Um, you know, I think teaching them, you know, basics around like letter recognition, you know, being able to name, you know, the letters and the sounds that those letters make you know, basic counting, if you can count to 10, mm-hmm. those types of things. But I think when we used to do, or you know, we, we have our kindergarten orientation for families, we talk about things like being able to put your coat on and zip it up independently, mm-hmm. you know, being able to use the restroom and wash your hands afterwards. Mm-hmm. You know, some of the things that um, we all in the community might see as like basic skills. Um, we do have kids that, that come to kindergarten that don't know how to do those things. Um, you know, and so when we're taking time teaching kids how to, to use the bathroom and wash their hands, it does take away from some of the instructional minutes, um, you know, and focusing on some of the academics. So um, spend time with your kids, um, talk to them, just talking to them helps mm-hmm. them to, to build some of that social awareness, um, get them outside playing with their, their friends, mm-hmm. you know, play dates, right. uh, uh, those types of things is, are the biggest types of, uh, activities I think that our, our families could could participate in to help uh, with that kindergarten yeah. right now. do you know do you know the the uh, numbers on vocabulary um, and, and maybe it seems like it was something like three thousand versus ten thousand or something like that of with with kids whose uh, parents read to them or who were learning who were being read to and uh, younger years, by the third grade, some had only three thousand, some had ten thousand, or something like that. I don't remember if that's the right, accurate, but does that sound familiar? 
I know what you're talking about. I don't know the exact numbers, but it definitely makes a difference. Part of what we're doing in TK and we hope people are doing in their homes with their children is enriching their vocabulary and their language skills. Um, And if you're not, or conversation is the number one way that kids can gain those language skills. They're understanding the structure of the way we talk um, and understanding vocabulary words in context to what we're talking about. Um, But reading is very, very important (laughs) Um, into like expanding their world, their language and their vocabulary. Mm -hmm. I'm about 90% confident that what you're referring to is the Matthew effect. And I think it's um, for those um, students and those children that are engaged in regular conversation you know, with their family members, um, I want to say that that vocabulary gap is upwards of 30,000 mm-hmm. per year um, as students. I mean, it's just an astonishing number, mm-hmm. um, which kind of emphasizes the importance of just sitting down and talking to your kids at, mm-hmm. you know, Sunday dinner right? <laughs> or when they get home, from, get home from school and you're asking, how was the day? You know, oh, good. And then that's the end of the conversation. Right. No, tell me about your day. Yeah. <laughs> Don't let them yeah. off the hook that easy. And and our um, our ITK programs are inclusionary. Mm-hmm. Correct. And that's a big deal. And what I mean by that is that, you know, we have students with disabilities mm-hmm. who in the past would have been separated from their peers because they've got a disability. They're going to go to a special education preschool program. Mm-hmm. And what's cool about our ITK programs is they're inclusionary. So they're included. So they're getting to be with their peers, mm-hmm. their, their regular ed peers and, and learning some skills. And also we're building, you know, empathy and understanding for, for the other students. So mm-hmm. that part of it is, is, is really heartening as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's encouraging. And if you don't learn how to do that until you're older, then, then you, you, you uh-huh. risk doing things that, that right. you wouldn't know because you just never had the situation. Right. And just being around those peers, they, mm-hmm. they learn from them. Yeah. Too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was going to say, so having the models of like our general education students modeling expected behavior, um, social interactions for students who are served in special education can change the trajectory of their education. What we're seeing a lot and as like our students who came from developmental preschool and are now placed in transitional kindergarten, many of them are so successful in transitional kindergarten because what they needed was a model. Um, and then it can change the way that they are placed when they go into kindergarten because if they are served in special education in preschool, then Um, As they're getting ready for kindergarten, we're looking into, like, are they going to fit into need these kinds of services or these kinds of services or these kinds of services? And the growth they make between four and five um, in the school setting can change their independence and trajectory for the rest of their education. Yeah, so it's huge. You know, early intervention Mm -hmm. is is a key to a lot of times for the success of kids. Mm -hmm. So. I think the two things that we look for when we're screening um, students um, or when we're determining eligibility for transitional kindergarten. So like I said, this year, we only have 76 spots. We probably had 150 or 160 families reach out, Mm. um, you know, wanting this as an opportunity for the kids. So we're looking at affordability and we're looking at that kindergarten readiness. And so, you know, as parents show interest, we're asking questions about household income and we're asking questions about kindergarten ready just to make sure that um 
we're getting the, the, the neediest of those children mm-hmm. into the program. Yeah. Well, it seems like, and maybe, maybe things are different in Battleground, but um, before we, we lived out in Washougal, and there was the Camas Washougal co-op, preschool co-op, and um, it, was, it was a really, everyone wanted to get their kids into it, and they, the, they said the only, fair way, the only fair way for us to do this is to just have it be first come, first served, and, and you just have to wait in line. And so well, I had totally forgotten about this, but my wife reminded me. So I would go, I went and I, it was like, and the signups were in February or something like that. So you go, you know, with your camping chair and your umbrella and rain gear and you sit, you sit outside. I think I sat out there for, you know, like seven hours or something, just what, you know, trying to get our kids. Like you're trying up. to get concert tickets. There's gotta be a better way. A better way to handle the situation yeah. is, and it's, but it sounds like that there's still a shortage of, of preschool uh, opportunities, especially the the equipping or the training ones. Is that yeah? Is that true? Yeah, yeah, and it's it's heartbreaking to turn families away that um, are, uh, you know, desperate for um, for something mm-hmm. right for their kids that. Um, not only benefits their child, but their situation at home so they can be at work, mm-hmm. right? Those kinds of situations. So um, our hope is to continue to grow, to continue to work with our community-based partners to make sure that um, that we have a space for every family in the community that's wanting one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I hope you know anybody listening to this understands that this is our first year of doing it. Uh, but we're committed to to growing. I mean, mm-hmm. as Mike talked about, we're looking at expanding it even next year. So, you know, over the course of time, as we get better, uh, you know, if we were to pass a bond, I'll mm-hmm. throw that in here, right, yeah. we were to pass a bond and get some new buildings in place, we'd be able to designate some more classrooms mm-hmm. for ITK and continue those services. So that's that's one of the things, you know, that's, again, tied into some of the other topics that we've talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, but we are committed. We understand the importance. It is a priority for us. It's paying dividends for not only for families and for students, but for us as a system. Um, and so, you know, it's something that we, we, we want to do and we're committed to doing and continuing to grow. We've, we've grown our early learning programs under Mike's leadership, um, tremendously over the last, you know, three, four years. And, uh, you know, I hope that trajectory continues. Do you have other things on your sheet you want to cover? No, keep with your questions. We're good. (laughs) Well, we're approaching our time limit, so I want to make sure we get the really important things in there. So, um, before we before we start to wrap up, what's what are the things that are you're just really the most excited, passionate about, um, in in the students this year, and what you're seeing? Maybe surprises, you know, that you didn't expect to happen when when you started this this program at the beginning of the year. What are, what are some of those? Some really good good things we can share with people. Yeah, what brings you joy yeah. about it? I'll let Grayson give. She's the closest to the kids, and so I don't want to put her on the spot, but hmm. love to hear what she has to say about that. Well, there's quite a few. I love my jobs, and I love my students. So um, I don't know. I would say one of my favorite things is to see them growing their social-emotional skills as far as making connections, understanding problem-solving Forgiveness is something in my class that we're working on a lot. Um, so how do you teach forgiveness? 
at that age? <laughs> well, we it, it's a lot of understanding accidents and on purpose. And um, that usually when people are being unkind to you, it's not because they don't like you. It's because they are feeling hurt themselves. And so um, helping to give them perspective on relationships, mm-hmm. I guess, and working in a classroom with 17 other four-year-olds mm-hmm. <laughs> um it's hard it's hard for them and they're growing a lot um also i would say seeing my students who are some of my older students since we have such a wide range of ages i mean just turning four to missing the kindergarten cutoff by two days is a wide wide mm. um range and so a lot of my older students are like ready to read and they're excited about learning um and that is really, really cool yeah. and special. Yeah, that's great. I think um, what I'm most proud of um, is the opportunities that we've provided to the students in our community. Um, I am grateful. Our early learning staff, um, from our ITK students um, and staff to our um, developmental preschool programs, to our partnerships with EOCF and the ESD um, I've always expected that a child's first experience um, with school be one of patience, understanding, kindness, um, what nurturers Mm -hmm. um, in all of those settings. And I believe that we, we have that we have adults that love the three and four year old kids um, and take care of them as they're their own kids. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, which is really a cool place to be. And I wish that our community could see the love and care that they give to these kids um, each and every day. Um, and, and that's an added bonus to the the skills that they're gaining in um, social emotional awareness, executive functioning skills in, in the academics. It's, it's much more than that. Mm, yeah. I think that's why it's, it's so fun to go in those rooms because it's palpable mm-hmm. the 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 love and the joy and the the connections those kids love their teachers yeah. and you know we're fortunate <laughs> we've got great staff and like Mike said Graceland's an example of that you know it's just it's wow yeah yeah got to find a way to 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 hardwire it into them at this age so that it doesn't fade when they're in high school. And you know, so, so there's a, a, still a strong desire to keep learning yeah. and fighting for but, that. But, you know, our experiences are what shape us. So, yeah. so maybe it does, you know, yeah. we don't have those statistics yet. We don't yeah. know, you know, what the long-term effects are. We, mm-hmm. we see the research that says it's going to have an impact, you know, but mm-hmm. you know, five, six, seven, eight years from now, uh, we'll, we'll be able to tell. And, you know, from everything that I've seen, uh, the impact that that these programs and th- these staff members are having on the lives of kids is significant, mm-hmm. and and that's what brings us joy. That's what keeps us doing. That's why you know you hear things like I I love my job. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what it's all about. Yeah. You know when a when a when a kid uh, walks across that stage um, after their time in school. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, everybody who's participated in that journey or supported them in that journey uh, feels, you know, part of it. Mm-hmm. And it is it, that, that's what that's what warms your heart about right. all of this. And and I just think that, you know, programs like this, programs that get kids started off in the right direction contribute so significantly 
mm-hmm. to that overall mission for us. And, uh, you know, like I said, it warms your heart. Yeah. Well, I just I want to say to parents out there, you know, about about reading to your kids. You know, my my kids were were really blessed because their mom read to them all the time. I didn't read to them as much as I should have, and I I regret it now because they're all older and I, you know, I just never I didn't do it as much as so that their memories about reading will be with mom. But um, you know, don't miss the opportunities when when you're young to read to them. And and I would say, you know, I I think it kind of came up about conversation around the dinner table. Um, you know, family meals have, I don't know, I don't know about most homes, but it seems like in general, they've kind of faded off as something we don't really do anymore. And we just kind of, you know, someone will make food or get food and then everyone just kind of scatters while they eat it. Or sits in front of the TV. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And so important, at least it's been so important for us. We, we, we try to have almost every night, unless I'm, I'm working late or something, a family meal. And, and I, I just ask, I just, I just ask the question, you know, okay, tell me about your day. What'd you learn today? And everyone has to say something and I'm the worst at remembering what I did that day. So I have to try to, you know, try to come up with my things. I'm trying to keep a list now. So I'm, I'm more prepared for, for that conversation. But, you know, the kids always, they kind of, they go back through and, and one of the reasons we do that is not just for conversation, but I was reading about how when you verbalize something that you've learned in your own words, that you actually learn it at a deeper level because your your brain is is processing it in the way your brain would process it as opposed to how you were taught it. And so, you know, I'm hoping that them just going back over their day in their mind is actually helping them learn these things and, and get them deeper. So yeah, cool. I think it's really important to to kind of get some of that meal time back and, and it might be awkward at first, but try it. You know, try it one night a week, one or two nights a week and just say yeah, we're going we're gonna to have a meal. We're going to sit here for 20 minutes. And we're even if we don't have anything to talk about, we're just going to sit here and stare at each other. And eventually somebody will come up with something to say. Yeah, it's like doing a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then you just get used to the silence. And then somebody has something to say. And it's good. So, yeah. Yeah. We're well, just giving these kids these opportunities is yeah. what it's all about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you both for being here today. And thank you for what you're doing, investing in, into a really important phase and stage of the lives of the kids of our community. It's, it's, it's a great thing you're doing. So thank you. Thank you for having yeah. us. Thanks for the opportunity. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, David. As you just heard, our district is working hard to both partner with existing pre-K organizations as well as develop more classroom spaces for students in underserved parts of the district. If you'd like more information about future enrollments, be sure to head over to battlegroundps.org slash transitional hyphen kindergarten. If you have a question or a topic that you'd like us to cover on the podcast, you can send an email to info at bgcast.org. We'll do our best to not only cover topics that matter to the district, but also those that matter to us as members of the Battleground community. The BG Cast is produced in cooperation with the Battleground Public School District, but it is a community-produced podcast. The BG Cast is a production of 6-8 Media in partnership with Battleground Public Schools. 6-8 Media.